Welcome to Second Win, the podcast where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am. And that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. Second wind, I have a fabulous woman for you. Her name is Pam Corgan, and she's a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a woman who has always found purpose throughout her entire life helping others. And it's, it's, it's amazing how this has been the common thread through her whole life. And she and I actually recorded a year plus ago and could not find the where I could not find the recording anywhere. And it might have been when I was shifting companies and doing the stuff and we could we couldn't find it. And we've been trying to re-record ever since. And then today I almost, I had it for tomorrow. She had it for today. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's make it, let's make it work because you can't go any more time without sharing your story. And like many of us, Pam has had more than one second wind. I guess a second wind would be starting you in your path. And now at 75 years old, she is going strong with maybe, I don't know, your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh wind. <laughs> And and loving it and more energetic. Every time I see you, Pam, you look more beautiful. Your energy and your passion just exude from your body. And I always love seeing you and, and speaking with you. And I just, I want to thank you for for dealing with everything and being willing to come back and being on Second Win the Podcast. So welcome, Pam. Thank you, Wendy. And I think one of the most wonderful things that has happened is even though we are spread way across the country from one another through all of this, we have become friends and we've shared our lives with one another and supported one another and encouraged one another. So thank you for having me on. I'm glad we finally got this together. Let's hope this one, <laughs> this one doesn't go. Oh, yeah. This, this is all dialed in, girl. I can't mess up. <laughs> you got no, it. You got it. Say that. I should not say that. Um, okay. So. We had to actually chat a little bit before we hit record because the second, the, the now seventh wind is a little bit different. And it is something that we chatted with about kind of at the end of our last recording, but really it has taken center stage in your life. And Pam, will you share that with us? You know, you and a friend started a 501c3 and having done that myself, I know what in, is involved in tons of respect and admiration for that. Yours is way different. Mine was about animals. Yours is about people, which is a little more difficult, I think. So do share what you do. Thanks, Wendy. I am happy to. Uh, my friend and I, uh, a few years back, just were talking and praying about how could we reach out to women in our community? How could we take uh, women that are spread all across the Reno uh, Valley and bond them together and create relationship between one another and serve. There are many things that need to be done in our community. How could we be cohesive in bringing women together so that we could some organized way serve? So this ministry developed over time, actually. The name of it is SEEK, Your Niche in Christ. And we go by an acronym, S-Y-N-C. So if you want to check out our website, it's SYNC reno.org. What we do is we have women that have, we require no membership and women from lots of different churches. We have uh, no requirements for membership. Anyone can come and come to our monthly meetings and can join us in whatever. We have three parts to our ministry. And one is that we gather women together and develop relationship. We support one another, encourage one another, and basically are just there for one another. And what we like to do is help women figure out what are your spiritual gifts? What are your talents? What do you enjoy mm -hmm. doing? If you enjoy cooking, then let's join the cooking group. If you enjoy hiking, then let's jo join the hiking group. If you enjoy sewing, don't join the cooking group. You know, that, so that sort of thing. And then 
with that, with these women, we have looked to places in our community that need help. For instance, we help with one organization that works with the poorest of children in our community. They go in buses on Friday nights and invite children to come with parents' permission, of course. These are kiddos that are pretty much the forgotten children. They live in motels. They live in cars. And they don't have great meals. And they don't have a wonderful home life. But they come every single Friday night. And a wonderful meal is provided for them. And then, according to their age group, um, songs and games and crafts and stories about the love of God. So we come along and help by cooking. We come along and help them with their fundraiser. There are other organizations. One helps rescue girls from sex trafficking. One who works with women that have children under five that need extra help with clothing, with food, that sort of thing. We have one organization that provides services for youth that have aged out of foster care. We do a, a boutique for them. So we work with a number of organizations in our community. And what we love to do is we go in like we did this last Saturday and do something fun to get to know the people there, to develop those relationships. This last Saturday, we provided lunch and a craft. I'm not very crafty, but we have other girls that are crafty. I tried hand at craft. Anyway, it was a fun time, but we love to earn the right to be heard with the people that we work with. And then we love to tell them that God has extended a hand of friendship to us. And so we want to extend a hand of friendship to you. You can choose to accept it or reject it. You can choose to accept or reject God's hand of friendship to you. But what we have found is that trusting him provides us with a peace, with a security, with a calmness in our life, with a hope that he is in control of everything. He is sovereign. And no matter what might happen in our lives, we can trust this wonderful, precious God that calls us friend that will love us forever. So, uh, that is amazing. Gosh, you cover the gamut, the <laughs> sex trafficking, being supportive where women can feel supported and know they have somebody that's got their back. Huge. And then aging out of foster care. And I worked for a group home um, in New Hampshire for the girls between the ages of 12 and 18. And I always wondered, well, I knew uh, once they turned 18, you know, a lot of them would try to get pregnant so they could be in a system again, because the thought of just being let out to fend for themselves was so scary. Absolutely. Um, and I just think that's a huge need. And, and I am so glad to know that you all are, have taken that on. But Pam, you have always had this thread throughout your life. And it started when you were young, when, you're, when you're, your dad died. Can you share that with us? Well, um, my dad died quite early. He was 55 and uh, I had a little sis. She was only 12 when dad died. And um, she was very much a part of the relationship that my husband and I have. I have a wonderful husband. We've been married 54 years, if you can believe that. And um, he wow. was so precious. Yeah. When we first started dating, my sister was in diapers. So he, <laughs> he's had my little sis since since day one, pretty much. And the beautiful thing is that now as adults, she and I are truly best friends. We've never had a crossword and we do all sorts of wonderful things together. Every year we take a sister trip. This last year, we were in Yosemite mountain biking for a week. One year, let's say year before last, we took two kayaks and paddled out of West Shore on Lake Tahoe into Emerald Bay and stayed five days um, by ourselves in the campground there, took all of the food and everything we needed for five days and then paddled back. And then, of course, my wonderful husband came and picked us up. He was our shuttle. So my sis has been a great part of my life. And I remember during my, my college years and early married years, those were times when she really, she really needed love and support. And I'm just so grateful and so humbled that I could be there for her. Right. And then you found early on in your marriage that you needed to do more. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So right out, right out of college, I began uh, volunteering in an organization, a worldwide organization. The name of it is Stonecroft. And locally, it has uh, things in uh, organizations in most towns around America. 
they're called Christian Women's Club. We have, they sometimes go from, by a very variety of other names. But I just thought, well, I'll go along and help with the decorations. As the years went on, um, I was asked to be a chairman of a couple of different clubs. I became the area manager and area manager for the state of Nevada. And then as the years went on, um, I really felt the call to speak, to share the love of God. And so I began speaking in the early 80s for that group of women. And I really wanted women to know that just because you go to church on Sunday doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting mm-hmm. in a garage makes you a car. That you really have to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's as simple as accepting his free gift of grace and mercy. And I wanted women to know that they could have that. And the gift was for free. And it was for a lifetime. And they could be a princess uh, with our dad being the king of kings and lord of lords. And our inheritance is the whole world because our dad owns it all. And so I began sharing that message with women. And it turned out to be uh, women all across the Western states. My husband had a business where he was able to travel. So he was able to work his business uh, appointments around my speaking schedule. And whenever I would be asked to speak, whether that was in a circuit around Portland or Seattle or in Arizona, he was able to work his business around that. So we traveled for a great many years. And I met with women and shared the love of Christ to let them know that they are loved, that they are valuable, that each one is precious and unique in the sight of the Lord. Yeah, and what and if my memory serves me right, <laughs> there was a particular speaking engagement where you had to kind of fill in and you were in an RV or something with your husband. And do you remember what I'm talking about? You're you probably talking about the night I had to speak to guys. Yeah, because I know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that actually was in Oregon, and um, I was on a on a speaking circuit, and I'd already done three clubs that week, and I did a brunch one morning, and then we traveled to, and this was a, a rural town, so there were probably only about eighty people at the dinner that night. Anyway, so we rolled in about four o'clock, and I had receipt, I had signed the contract to speak, and so forth. But because we didn't have email and so forth in those days, um, the invitation had arrived at my house by mail after we had already left. So I never actually saw the invitation. I just talked to the chairman on the phone and I, like I said, signed the speaking contract and sent it back. So I called the speaker, I mean, excuse me, the chairman around four o'clock just to let her know that we were in the parking lot and that I would be over about five because I always like to show up about an hour early. And she said, Oh, I'm so glad that you've come for our couples night. <laughs> that really threw me for a loop because I don't normally speak to men. I mean, I just have felt called to um, to work with women. I, I mean, not that I don't like men. I just have never felt called to speak to men. Oh. And what yeah. really shocked me because I thought, oh, dear, what am I going to say? Because even though I have a variety of talks in my in my brain, of course, everyone is different. I, I never do a can talk. I just listen to what the spirit tells me. I usually speak from an outline. I, you know, a few key words. I don't ever read. I just, it's like whatever rolls, rolls. And um, so I went through the, 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 the file cabinet, if you will, of my brain. And I thought, what do I have to share with these men? And, you know, by now it's 4.30, right? And the, the dinner starts at six. So I thought, just take a walk. And just talk to the Lord, ask the spirit what he wants to say, ask the spirit, Hmm. you know, what he wants said to these people, what, what should they hear, Lord God? And so basically my talk was about the men in my life. The men had, that had been so loving and so supportive. And I talked about my dad and then I talked about my husband and then I talked about my God and it was a beautiful, wonderful night, heartfelt and, um, it's very interesting because our special feature that night was a gentleman that came from a local uh, fish and tackle store. He came with all of his, you know, float that, and waders and fishing poles and all this kind of stuff. And it was long after everybody. I, I never leave until everyone's gone. And so he was taking so long to put his stuff away. And my goodness, what is this man doing over there? How long does it take him to pack up? And by this time, everybody else had left. And it wasn't until after the 
the uh, chairman of the club left that he came over to me and said, do you have a few moments? I'd like to ask you some questions. And it was so interesting because that man made the decision to accept the gift of Jesus that night. And I thought, thank you, Lord, that you had me talk to these men. Even though, to be honest with you, when I first heard I was talking to men, I was scared to death because I didn't know what to say to them. But God did. Right. God did. Well, I have a question for you. You know, you said you felt called and you you asked the Lord what you should talk about. What 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 is the message that needs to be delivered? And I think that's amazing. And I think it's different for every person. What I tell people when, when we're recording is, yeah, I have all these notes on you um, from discussions we've had, but we, we may or may not talk about them. We'll see what, what happens, you know, see what the vibe is, see what the energy unfolds for us. And as it turns out, usually it's something you just believe that it's something that needed to be said for the listener that's going to be listening. And I'm curious for you, Pam, how did God and Jesus and, and, and all of the wanting to share this with people become so prevalent in your life and such a guiding light and a lifeline for you? How did, how did that come to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm a person that grew up in the church. I was sprinkled as a baby. I was, you know, confirmed into the church and wore the white dress. I memorized all of the stained glass symbols and all of that business. I mean, we went to church on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. And so I grew up in the church. Okay. And then when I was, when I was 14, I went with a group. Um, The group was Young Life to a ski weekend between Christmas and New Year's in Colorado. And I, this is kind of a crazy story. So I'm a water skier, right? And if you water ski, you hold onto the rope and you lean back, right? Well, we were going to snow ski. Now, we had no instruction. We were just a bunch of kids, right? And we went to a very small ski area. It actually was at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs, and they only had two ski runs. So in those days, which was, well, you already know how ancient I am. We had wooden skis with, (laughs) we had wooden skis with no metal edges and we had leather oh boots. Oh my God. I know it was so long ago. And um that's awesome. So, so the leather boots had two two layers of lacing because when they got wet they weren't stiff. They were floppy. Well anyway, so the first time up I played around on the flats and whatever and thought I kind of had the hang of it. So I go up the lift and I think, okay, now all I gotta do is lean back. Well that is the worst thing you can do on snow skis, right? The worst thing. So I get off the lift, yeah. I lean back, and my, both of my legs go out like this. I mean, I just did the frog sprawl. I tell you what. Um, it was ugly. Right off the it was tail. so ugly. Uh, <laughs> it was so, so ugly. Anyway, so here where I thought I was going to be swishing down these snowy slopes and just have this lovely time, I ended up in the lodge, sitting around the fire oh. with my leg up and an ice pack on my knee. I was so angry. Oh, no. I mean, I was mad. You hurt yeah, yourself. It was like, oh, no. I know, I know. I hurt my knee. And of course, nobody wanted to sit with me, right? Because they were all out skiing. However, there was the one woman who was a sponsor on our trip. And she came down and she sat with me through the afternoon. And we chit-chatted and we chit-chatted. And um, so then she asked me, she said, Pam, are you a Christian? I said, sure, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. I'm a Christian. I do all these good things. I mean, I even work at the county fair. I help our church raise money by making hamburgers and I'd go out and say, we make them like you like them and you like them like we make them. So come and get them. I mean, I worked in the church nursery. I, I do all these things, right? I do all of these good yeah. works. Well, right. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so she showed me through the afternoon, she brought me her Bible and she showed me all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, no matter how perfect we try to be. No matter how many good works we do, we can never be a hundred percent. It's only through the righteousness of Christ that we can be a hundred percent worthy of the kingdom of God. Because here's the deal. God is a hundred percent, one hundred percent righteous, and he cannot stand any evil, any sin in his presence. And if you have any dirt on you, you can't come in. The only way you can be clean 
is to receive the gift that Christ offers, which is to worship, wash us in the righteousness of his blood and wear the white robes that he provided so that we can go into the presence of God. But here's what I want people to know. That gift is available to you. And just because you go to church, just because you do all these good things, just you can work in the nursery a thousand days. You, you can do fundraisers. You can show up every time they open the doors. And it doesn't make you a Christian. It's only through knowing Jesus. It's only through accepting the gift that he gives you by paying the price for you. He paid for each of our sins, each and every one that we ever committed, that we commit today, and that we commit tomorrow. Because we're not perfect, right? I mean, I may do something tomorrow. I'm sure I will. I'll probably do something today where I'll mess up. But I know that every sin that ever committed and that I ever will commit is paid for by the blood of Jesus. And I know without a single doubt that when I close my eyes on this world, I will open them and I will see Jesus face to face. My hope, Wendy, my hope is that when I do that on that day, that I will hear, well done, good and faithful mm. servant. Wow. Okay. And there's, you know, a lot of, in my, in, in hearing that, that is one of many ways people choose to follow, believe, believe in a greater power, greater source. Everybody that's been on this podcast has had that commonality. Um, and this is yours and it suits you and what you're doing amazingly. And in the bottom, the bottom layer of all of that is being selfless, which is what you've always done. And going out there, you didn't have to go out there and speak and counsel or at, you know, 68, 70 years old, start a 501c3. You didn't have to do that. It's like it gives people whatever they choose to believe, you know, the whole leave your ego at the door um, and be a servant and work every day to make someone else's life a little better. And in doing so, your life automatically gets better. Would you agree with that? I totally agree with you, Wendy. And I think that when we have an other's mentality, rather than an I mentality, if all I think about is, oh, how can I make me happy? How can I serve myself? How can I, 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 the we ego, right? miserable, miserable. It's when we reach out to others and we say, what can I give to you? How can I serve you? How can I love you? Because in my world, and my world is filled with joy, no matter what the situation might be, no matter what we have to go through, we can still find joy. We can find joy in our hearts because I believe that I go by the acronym of joy, which is Jesus, others, you. So I'm on the bottom of the rung, but in serving in that way, in serving the Lord and in serving others, I can find joy. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Bottom of the rung. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think if we all get a little, and especially in this, in the arrow that we're in right now, uh, all the people that I know that are out there serving others in some way, pretty much everybody that's been on this podcast, whether it be an author, a podcast host themselves, a doctor, people just working in different businesses and coaching, right? All these people, that's it. It's, it's how can I help others? I feel I've been called to do that. Look at the gifts and talents that have been given to people. You know, you talk about doctors, you talk about coaches, you talk about, you know, authors, all of these other things, because we're not cookie cutters. We're all unique. And how can we use our uniqueness to lift others up? Yeah. Because I truly believe that rising tides lift all boats. And I believe that as we elevate others in our lives, that others will come along and be elevated. 
So whether you're an, an author, whether you're a doctor or a coach, I feel like we need to stay in our lane and keep swimming. Stay in our lane and keep swimming. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not an artist. Don't, don't put me in the arts and crafts. I, I mean, I can, I can do that. I can go there and paint and it's fun, but I'm not good at it, right? I'm not good at it. I mean, I could coach a team, I suppose, but I'm not good at it. But there are people that are. There are people that are great in coaching a team. There are people that are great at art. So we need to stay in our lane. Do what you do well. Share it with others. Stay in our lane and just keep swimming. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, that's really good. That's really good stuff. I also want to share that not only are you doing all this work to serve others and counseling and speaking and all of that and, and organizing the organization, that's a full-time job in itself, but you also felt called to start a business within a, a kind of beauty and nutrition field by accident, but what happened which I thought was remarkable. What happened is as you got involved, because you're spending the money, you said, well, I might as well have the business if I'm going to spend all the money and it's working. Um, you ended up working for other women to gain them financial independence and prosperity. And that it ended up being another part of your calling. Can you want, you want to talk about that? Sure. I will. So uh, my daughter-in-law started an Arbonne business and my husband, wanting to support her business, bought her products, uh, nutrition products. And personally, I didn't think very much about it at first because I'm certainly not a nutritionist. And in taking her uh, supplements and using her vegan protein and having her greens every day in a 30-day program, he felt so much better. So I began to take notice and we began buying a ton of products as things would run out in our home. I'd buy the shampoo, the lotion, whatever. So I was buying so many Arbonne products that it made sense for me to start a business. And I did. Well, then I began sharing the products with others. It's like, hey, try this. It's amazing. Try that. It's amazing. What happened next was, where can I buy this stuff? Well, I have a business. You can buy it for me. I'll give you a discount. You can become a preferred client. You can get 20 or 40% off. Okay, that works. Well, then what happened, this was really pretty cool because I felt like, especially as people age, a lot of people give up. Oh, it's just old age, the aches and pains. Well, I just can't do that anymore. I can't tell you how many people right. that are getting older that right. just feel like they have to quit the things they love to do. No, 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 no. We don't have to quit. We perhaps need to modify. I don't have a white water kayak anymore. I got sold my white water kayak and got a flat water kayak, but I still kayak. I mountain bike. There you go. I don't mountain bike on the trails where I need to wear body armor. I go on cover trails. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because my friends and I, we used to mountain bike all the time in Pennsylvania. We loved doing it. And we were like, let's try jumping that tree. It was like no big deal. And when you fell, it didn't really hurt that much. And now that we're all in our fifties and sixties, we're like, no, it looks a little slippery out there. Um, calling, um, falling is, uh, yeah, I, I have this thing against, it falling. hurts. More. I don't bounce very well these days. But yeah, we don't bounce anymore. And it's kind of like, well, well. I'm, I'm going on the, on the mud road. How about you? Yeah. Okay. We'll just do that. Yeah, we're yeah, still having fun. I'm, I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, I wanted to share and I wanted to talk to women about how as we age, we can age well. We don't have to go around with ugly, yucky faces. We can use quality products that, that help us have moist, beautiful skin. I mean, are we going to get some, some laugh lines? Sure we are. Sure we are. That's just part of aging. Are we going to get some white hair? Sure we are. Hey, I don't color my hair. It's like, what color is it? Yeah, this is a color God gave me. It used to be brown, but whatever. Now it's white. Oh, well, who cares? Uh, but my point exactly. is that we can still live active lives. We can still do lots of fun things. We can do it with others in community. We can still do our yoga. Lately, I've been doing chair yoga, which is a little less intense than regular yoga. But I'm still doing yoga, right? And the thing is, the better we nourish our bodies with good nutrition, the better they're going to work for us. Think about your car. 
if you don't take care of your car and you don't put the right kind of oil in and you don't change the whatever men do out there with all the fluids and I don't know what happens in the garage at my husband in 54 years takes care of that. That's a daddy job in my family. Uh, whatever you do with your car. Anyway, if you don't give it the right kind of gas or whatever, it's not going to serve you well. Well, the same thing with our bodies. If we don't give our bodies what they need, they won't serve us well. And I want women to know that, that we can be active. We can feel good. We can not just give up and sit in a rocking chair and, and learn to knit, which I did try to crochet. It wasn't my thing, but I did try. One of my granddaughters wanted to learn to crochet. So I got one of my friends to teach me how, and I, I tried. I really tried. Well, it sort of, well, the stitches weren't even, anyway, whatever. We, we gave it a whirl. It's my thing. But I, for the love of my granddaughter, I did try to crochet. Anyway, so yeah, so I started my business and then what began to happen, which my business was, it took a little dip with COVID like everybody else's did just because we weren't going in people's homes and doing makeup parties and right. parties and that kind of thing. But, but what began to happen when I started my business prior to COVID is that women were beginning to uh, grow businesses and grow really large financial businesses. So they were able to stay home with their children. They were able to have that extra money to uh, pay for trips or, you know, get that second car, whatever they needed. And I was able to help them with that. And that was joyful. That was really, really special. I, again, I love working with women. I love helping them right. uh, uh, have better lives. I love them helping them be healthier. I love them to help them have a better future. So it just kind of all worked together. You're a mentor. I mean, plain and simple. That's kind of your your calling almost, wouldn't you say? I love to encourage people. Yeah. I'm 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 a cheerleader, an encourager. You're doing something special. I'm gonna be on the sidelines going, go, go, go. That's gonna be me for sure. Well then what keeps you going, Pam? In all these selfless acts, and I know you get, I know you get energized and jazzed from it, but what keeps you going? You know, Wendy, I wake up every morning and I think, another day. This is incredible. Mm. Lord, look at the beauty of this day. You've given us another one, another one. You don't mm -hmm. have to give us another day, but you gave us another one. Lord, this day is yours. How can I bring you glory? How can I serve you today? How can I serve you well? And I just, you know, I rejoice in the joy of the day. And I start my day with gratitude. And I have a gratitude journal. It's, it's well, I'm not a real detail person. So sometimes it's good, sometimes not. Nobody's going to see it but me anyway. But I go through and I write down all the things I'm grateful for. You know, I mean, think about uh -huh. when you realize that I live in a warm home. I have a soft bed. I have running water. I have hot water. I have a stove. I have a refrigerator. I have plenty of food. I have clothes to wear. You know, I can take a shower every morning. I mean, those are, of course, just the basics. Right. That kind of gives you an idea. I have a car to drive. Isn't that incredible? I can, I can get in my car and I can go anywhere I want to go. There are no laws that restrict me. I live in a free country. We just had Veterans Day. My dad, the day after Pearl Harbor, went down and signed up in the Navy. He fought. He came home with scars and wounds. Thank God he came home alive or I wouldn't be here because I was born after the war. But my dad fought and he always told me, Pam, freedom isn't free. Freedom is not free. Mm. I'm so grateful that my dad fought so that we could live in a free country and that we can have all of the blessings that we have. My husband served with the Air Force. I, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for our policemen that keep us safe in the city that I'm, I'm so grateful for the firemen that come and help us if we, you know, heaven forbid, have a fire. And, it, um, you know, when you go to the national park, I'm grateful for the rangers. There's so many things to be grateful for. I'm grateful for my, yeah. I'm grateful for you, Wendy. I'm grateful that you've learned how to do all these things with a computer <laughs> and do a podcast <laughs> that we can actually talk to. More people than what we can fit in our living room. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. I, I told a gal who was on, I said, well, what's the biggest crowd you've ever spoken to? And she goes, I don't know, three or 400. I go, well, your podcast is like at 800 listens, downloads. 
Like people have stuck around for 75% of it. And um, it's, you know, can you imagine being in a room talking to that many people? And, and I was like, see, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. cool. And so I'm grateful for you, Wendy. And, and I know that you have worked hard. You've worked hard to be healthy and that you are trying to take good care of your body so that you can be there for others because you have a lot on your plate as well. And I'm just so grateful that you're, you're working hard to take care of yourself and to take care of your family and be there for them and to do what you can to promote others. Look at what you're doing for others. You just talked about how you were helping the coaches and people that were authors and, uh, yeah, people that uh, were doctors and all of these things and to be able to share their ideas. So you are a facilitator. You are a facilitator in helping to get yeah, their like message that. out, right? Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's, I, maybe it's a calling. I think maybe. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy it. Is there, so you write in a gratitude journal. There's gotta be days though. I mean, people are listening and you know, they, this is the first time hearing you, right? So I know you're always like this and always grateful and always this person. And I would imagine people would be sitting there saying, come on, there's got to be days when you're like, yeah, let's just put the blanket over our head. Let's just lay, lay here and just, you know, or you wake up in a bad mood. I have the tendency to have those days as well. I have, and let me qualify that, the tendency to have those days. When there are days when I just want okay. to go back in bed, or maybe I wake up at two in the morning and I'm mad about something or I'm frantic about something, here's my go-to. Here's my go-to. Lord, let's have a what? chat. What's going on here? What's happening Oh, here? you prep? Why am I mad? Why am I sad? Why am I grieving? We all grieve. I mean, have you ever lost your dog? Have you lost mm-hmm. your mom? You Many dogs. Had you lost your grandparents? Have you ever had a child that got horribly hurt? Have you ever had a grandchild that had terrible disease? Yeah, we have hard times. We have hard times. But here's how I look at it. Jesus will never leave me. All I have to do is hold on to his hand. And even if I have my feet off the ground, because I cannot walk on my own. He will get me through. Have you ever thought of being a little kid? Maybe you were two or three years old and you were holding your daddy's hand. You know, if you stumbled and fell down, yeah. did he drop you? No. He yeah. Held your hand no, I'm kidding. Until you could stand, until, he <laughs> held your hand until you could stand on your feet again. Yep. And that's how that's I look true. at it. My heavenly dad will hold my hand until I can stand on my feet again. And when I can stand on my feet again, he'll probably kneel down and say, honey, how you doing? Have you got this? I'm here with you. I'll mm-hmm. never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Pam, and I love that you, how you put that. And yeah, the, the, I can see it, right? For people who, who say, okay, so these bad things have happened. Here I am. Um, she doesn't know my story. Right. Um, and I've prayed and nothing's happened. I'm still, you know, a dollar short and a day late. How can you give, and I know this is what you do for women. Well, how do you address that? You know, as the years go by, there've been many people. I mean, think about the youth that are on the street. Think about the women Mm -hmm. that have been through sex trafficking. Think about the children that have been abandoned. Think about those that have been abused. There are many horrible things that happen into this life. There are many terrible mm-hmm. things that happen to people. Evil is prevalent. God never meant that. God never meant that at all. And all the good things come from God, but he sees them. He sees when you're abused. He sees when when that husband might say something ugly to you or that parent or that friend, he sees when as a child you're mistreated. He sees when all of those things happen and he loves you. He cares for you. And I can't explain why those things happen. I can't explain why good things happen to 
bad things happen to good people. I can't explain that. And someday we'll see Jesus face to face and we'll say, Lord, how, how does this fit into your plan? How does this fit mm-hmm. into your bigger plan? I do know that as I read my Bible, there are things that happen like, um, God has, has fitted whatever happened to them into a bigger plan. For instance, the story mm-hmm. of Joseph. Joseph was horribly mistreated by his brothers. He was put into a pit and left to die. Then he was taken mm-hmm. in a, a caravan to Egypt and put in prison. And then he became um, uh, exalted in the king's palace. And then the king's wife said terrible things about him and accused him of bad things. And he was thrown in prison. And then there was this cupbearer who um, uh, said he would remember Joseph to the king. And he didn't. And he left him there. All these horrible things happened to him. But in God's plan, what eventually happened was through the famine that came to Egypt. Joseph's dad, which was Jacob, Israel, ended up coming to Egypt and all of his family was saved. And that was the beginning of the nation of Israel. And so God saw those things happen. We can't explain why or how. But God took those bad things and he worked them somehow for good. And through that, he saved the entire nation of Israel. Now, we don't know what the future holds. We, uh, God's brain is so much bigger than ours. I mean, we just know a tiny little piece of what's going on. But I know that he knows and he sees and that we can trust in a good, good God. So, you know, someday we'll know about all of those stories. Someday we'll see why, why those things happen. But I do know this, evil is alive and well on planet Earth. And there are many, Mm -hmm. many things that the enemy of God, Satan himself, is trying to do to pull people away from God and to get them to turn their backs on him. And one of the worst things that happens is that they leave God out of their life. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. So what's next on your plate, Pam? Well, here in about an hour, I meet with the sink ladies and we are putting together some bags for the children of awakened survivors for our thoughtful Thursday. And Friday, we're going to be cooking a great meal for Pathfinders kids. Uh, We're going to be making some turkeys and mashed potatoes and pumpkin and all kinds of stuff. And I think, I think it's just, um, joyful. It's really important to gather together with others that either want to do something like that, that want to go for a hike in the, I live near Tahoe. I mean, what could be more beautiful than the forest and the lake there? Uh, that To me, that's the next thing. Let's go, uh, ski areas are open. Let's go ski. Do I ski like I used to? Heavens no. I love fast and steep. That is way too dangerous for me these days. Like I said, I do not bounce well. So I stick to the blue runs, but you know what? I still go. Maybe I'll ski three or four runs in a day and that's it. I don't ski like I used to, but I still go. So I think the next thing for me is take life by the ears and kiss it in the face. Don't let a day go by that you waste. Don't let a day go by. Live each day to the fullest. Get up in the morning with joy in your heart. Joy is, you know, joy is a decision. It really is a decision. You can stay, say, I'm going to stay in bed and pull the covers over my head and I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm in a bad mood today and I'm just angry and I'm grouchy and that's the way it is. Or you can say, no, right? I choose joy. I choose to get up out of bed. I choose to get myself together. I choose to go and serve others. I choose to go out in the sunshine. I choose to get my work done quickly so that I can go and do something else. All of that is a choice. It's all a choice because, see, we are not victims of life. We can be victors. And as victors, we have the power to choose what happens in every hour of every day. And whatever might happen, I was almost in a wreck this morning as I picked my husband up from dropping off a car. And I got through that and I was just like, thank you, Lord, that car didn't hit me. You know, I mean, I could have have chosen to say some bad words about the driver or whatever, but I made a choice. So even the tiniest little thing, um, you know, like I was, we were talking about Arbonne taking care of your body. Do you want the donut or do you want the apple? 
It's a choice. It's, well, obviously you want the donut, but you choose, but you choose the, the apple. apple. That's right. So you might want to stay in bed and be cranky. You might want to be just like, I mean, I have days when I want to do that, but I'm like, no, this isn't okay. No, I'm not going to stay here and waste my energy, waste my time grouching about woe is me. Uh Uh-uh. No woe is me. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Get up and get in the shower. Get your act together, girl. Let's go. I agree with you. We got a day to enjoy. We might not have another one. And then what happens? How many people do you know that die in their sleep? I have three friends within I mean, the last month. Like I said, we're all getting older. Oh, no. Why? That have died in their sleep. I mean, thank the good Lord they died peacefully. They just didn't wake up. But you know what I'm saying? We might not have another day. So let's get up and get with it. And let's enjoy the day that we have. Let's enjoy the people that we've been given to interact with. Let's enjoy the jobs that we yeah. do. And, you know, whatever that job might be, we can find joy in it. And if we're doing something that's really icky, whether it's scrubbing your toilet or, you know, whatever it might be, you can do that as unto the Lord and you can find joy in it. I find that music is a great help. Put on some happy music or Mm -hmm. some Christian worship song and that'll lift your spirits right there. But when you think of, I am going to do this job the very best I can. I'm not going to slouch. I'm not going to slop. I'm going to do whatever this is to the very best of my ability because I am doing it as unto the Lord. The Lord says, as unto the least of these. Now he's talking about children. We do whatever we do as unto him. So whether it's giving a child a cup of water or whether it's doing something really miserable, like for me, messing with my computer and talking to the tech people and you you do all this, is when he... I don't do those things well. It's like, awful. okay, I'm going to do the best I can. I don't but enjoy those things. It's no. a choice. It's a choice. And you can choose mm-hmm. to do it well, or you can choose to be a slug. You know, it's the choice is up to you yeah. how you live your life because God gave this day to you. Yeah. And one, and when you make the choice and you start moving in that direction, everything just takes a new turn. That's right. And, and it, it's it just builds upon itself. That's right. Exactly what happens if you take the other turn. The negativity builds on itself. And that's what I tell people. And when I go and wash dishes in the restaurant and I'll be in the dish pit, we say, for an hour or two and you know, it doesn't bother me, you know, because I'm in the kitchen, I can talk to people, I see what's going on, and you know, you're just washing dishes. And and in the end, I'm privileged because I'm standing there washing dishes. I'm not, you know, homeless wondering where my next meal is coming from. I mean, there's always a way to look at things for and be grateful for what you have. Pam, if you had, do you have like a mantra? I know you've given us a bunch of stuff, but do you have your own little (laughs) mantra? I do. I do. What's that? And that is love well, serve well, trust God for the rest. Say it again. Love well, Serve well, trust God Serve for well. the rest. You see, because trust the results God. aren't up to us. We're not responsible for other people's reactions, for their decisions. We are only responsible for what we do. And I truly believe that love is a decision. If we act in loving ways, mm-hmm. the feelings will follow. But to act in loving ways is a choice. Sometimes people are very lovely or lovable. I mean, have you ever had a toddler having a tantrum? Sometimes they're not very lovable, right? But if you choose to act in loving ways, and sometimes that might be with a toddler being stern, if you choose to act in loving ways, the love will follow. And I know I've had many women who are, maybe their husbands have been cranky with them or they're having some issues or whatever. And, you know, the healing begins with act in loving ways. Even if you don't feel loving right now, act in loving ways and the feelings will follow. So I believe if we love well, that's an important first step. And then if we serve well, again, thinking of others, not thinking of ourselves, and then trusting. Trust God for the rest. Trust God for the rest. And just like Joseph, we were talking about him. 
he no telling what he was thinking when he was in that pit or was he when he was on that slave caravan to Egypt or when he was in prison. I mean, those were years of his life. Years. I mean, years and years and years. I mean, he was a teenager when he was in the pit. He was in his 30s when he was serving in Potiphar's house. Those were years of his life. And we wow. might not you know, know what's going on, but we can trust that ours is a good, good God. And he calls us friend. Oh, Pam, thank you. This, this, I'm glad we waited um, <laughs> for this episode. I think it, it, I think that that's what needs to be said right now for many, many people who are just kind of like, I don't know what to believe in the political atmosphere we're in and the, the volatileness of the market and money and all this stuff and, you know, Ukraine and just all this stuff that's out there and, and how we can navigate through that and prices going up and inflation. And we all need to think about the big picture and get back to basics of being human and what our humanness is really all about. And it's really a grander picture than just me, myself, and I. And I thank you so much for sharing that with us today. You're welcome, Wendy. You're so much fun. I hope someday we get to meet in person and we get to go to lunch together and we'll probably chat all through the afternoon. I would love that. <laughs> I, I want to do Wouldn't something. I'm going to figure it out. I've got to go. I got to go meet everybody and give everybody a hug at this point um, all over the place. So stay tuned. I'm going to figure that out. You figure that but, out. Um, yeah, we'll have to do something. I'm going to figure that out. We will. And um, thank you so much, Pam. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.